This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome to Culture Code. Our guest today is the Chief People Officer of Omada Health, Nancy Vitale. Nancy, welcome. And where are you coming from today? Thanks, Kevin. I hail from the Bay Area. Now, normally I'm from the beautiful city of Philadelphia, but I'm sitting in San Jose, California, so we might be sort of neighbors for this call. Exactly. Let's start with something very basic. For those who aren't in the Bay Area, they might not be familiar with Omada Health. And so tell us a little bit about the company, the size, all that good stuff. Absolutely. So we have about 720 employees that are located across the entire U.S., and we are a virtual healthcare provider. We specialize in treating chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, musculoskeletal conditions. And our care approach is really grounded in behavior science. And it's enabled by both a human-led care team as well as a technology platform that supports our members' daily needs. So tell us a little bit more about that, because, and let's even assume we have um, listeners from outside the United States who aren't familiar with our healthcare system. So you're providing care, but it's remote. It's all virtual. Is that correct? That's right. Our business model is virtual and our organization model is virtual as well. And so who would be the payer in this case? What organizations are you working through or with to deliver the care? Yeah, absolutely. We have multi-channels. So Payers can include health insurance companies that many in the U.S. are familiar with. It can include broader well-being platforms, uh, and employers make up a, a good chunk of who is actually buying our products in support of their employees' health. That's great. And so, Nancy, we're here, of course, to talk about culture at Omada Health. And you know, culture is sort of a squishy thing for a lot of people, even just what it is or how to describe what great culture looks like. I'm going to challenge you. You know, how would you describe your great culture to someone like myself? Absolutely. I would say in a few words and keeping it simple, I'd say we are mission driven, we are values focused, and we are remote first. I might poke on that remote first in in a little bit because that's certainly a hot topic in the human capital community these days. But when you talk about, you know, mission focused values, In fact, any great culture doesn't happen by accident. It's not just random, right? So how do you foster and sustain this culture at Omada? Yeah, absolutely. There's a number of different things we do. We've been around for over 12 years. And last year, we actually went through an exercise to re-examine and refresh our company values. And I would describe our values as really the foundation of our culture, And we have been focused on integrating and embedding those values and the related behaviors into our daily processes and our practices over the last 18 months or so. And I'll give you a couple examples, Kevin. One is our performance review discussions and our performance review process. There is an explicit discussion of values and related behaviors that are lived strengths and also values that might need attention in order for an employee to maximize their impact. So an employee will self-assess a value that's a strength and a value that might need a little bit of work from their perspective. And a manager will also discuss with that employee their perspective on strengths and, and opportunities on values and behaviors. 
And then from a recruiting perspective, we incorporate different questions into our structured interview process through behavioral-based questions to assess candidates against our core values and those related behaviors. So Nancy, just give us a couple examples. What's one or two of the values that you have? Yeah, start with trust is our first and foremost value. Seek context is another key value. Uh, Act boldly, deliver results, uh, succeed together, and remember why we're here. And that remember why we're here component, circle back to mission-driven, it's really the, the foundation of why Omada exists. I find this fascinating. So just back to the point of great culture isn't accidental. And so you had a process, you said about 18 months ago, it started to sort of refine or redefine uh, the values and roll them out. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that, what, what did that process look like? Yeah, absolutely. It actually started before I joined Omada. I joined in January of 2022. And at the end of 2021, our co-founders actually led the process and realized after a decade of Omada's existence, it was time to take a look given how we had grown and how we had evolved into being more intentional about those values. And so they led the process. And it was kind of fun because as I was going through the interview process and then through the negotiation process, they started to bring me into the fold a bit more just in terms of input and and thoughts. And then when I joined the organization, we were in the process of expanding the reach to all of our Omadans, we call our employees our Omadans, to provide their perspective and input um, as we were refreshing those values and ideas on how we could integrate those. So we rolled those out in Q1 of last year and have really been focused on integrating those more explicitly, intentionally, and deliberately into our day-to-day and holding ourselves accountable to those values day-to-day. That's great. And Nancy, I listeners of Culture Code know that I love it when someone I'm interviewing reveals what they call each other, Omadans, right? (laughs) I I feel like it's almost a a universal law or or an actual law that great culture has to have a word for each other. The Omadans, I love it. You you got to it very early uh, in the interview. Now, I'm especially interested in, in this next topic because I believe, well, we know from data that 70% of employee engagement or the variance in engagement has to do with who our manager is. So we can work for a great CEO, a great company, but if we have a bad boss, you know, it's not going to be so good. I interview a lot of people who they're in companies that have 10,000 employees, 50,000 employees, 500,000 employees even. And so they've got a whole teams of people doing that manager training, doing that leader support. You're a smaller organization. I imagine you don't have the luxury of a lot of resources for this area. So knowing that frontline managers are critical, what are you doing to support them? Absolutely. Well, let me start by just reiterating why this is so important. One of the things that we track for Omada as a whole is manager net promoter score. And we measure that by the answer to the question, how likely are you to recommend your manager to a colleague or someone they should work for in the future? And we do this because we know that frontline managers are such a critical group in their daily interactions with Omadans. And this helps us monitor the experiences that folks are having with their managers over time and gives us insight in terms of adjustments that we might need to make or where are their skill and capability gaps that would help boost that manager net promoter score even further. Uh, So we do have a team of two dedicated individuals to learning and and development 
and organizational effectiveness. And what uh, we've been doing in the last year, actually, we just launched a new program for managers and senior managers called Management Development Experience, or MDE for short. And in this program, we leverage an external platform that provides an array of courses and content that we can readily curate. And then that content is aimed at developing certain targeted skills and capabilities of our leaders. And then we supplement these courses through a series of what we call learning cafes, where we bring our managers together to share insights, to discuss their learnings, and to enable pull-through actions in a more intimate, peer-to-peer, smaller group setting. And we're seeing great feedback from the participants on this so far, but it's early days. Uh, We literally just launched it this year. So we'll do an assessment at year-end and then see how we can take that further and make improvements going forward. When you talk about the learning cafes, and I know you're you're virtual first, so are these one-hour Zoom sessions, two-hour Zoom sessions? Do they happen once a month, once a quarter? Tell me a little bit more about them. Yeah, they can range 45 minutes to 90 minutes. They're facilitated by our head of learning and development, and they will focus on a particular topic. So if we were focused on, say, financial management, in a given month. The managers will then come together in smaller groups of up to maybe 20, 25 max, and just have a discussion. And then we'll send people in breakouts in Zoom to have you know four or five folks talking more explicitly about their learnings and insights, and then come back and share out. So it's really the value of the learning cafes that solidifies those insights and can be applied to how folks operate in the day-to-day you know, content is easily curatable. It's really how do we pull that through in terms of behavior change and and knowledge application of the folks that are going to make a meaningful difference day to day. I love that focus on, you know, how do you defeat the knowing doing gap without that uh, attention on the pull through strategies? You know, so much of the L&D work can be lost. And for our listeners, I want to go back and just highlight something that's so important. So, you know, Nancy, you talked about the net promoter score for your manager. And so I'm sure uh, many of our listeners are familiar with the idea of an ENPS, an employee NPS, which is a good question to one, you know, single simple question for engagement for a company. So this idea is taking the same idea, but you're not evaluating the company, you're evaluating your direct manager. LeadX did a study five years ago, and there's an 80% correlation between this one question NPS on your manager and how you feel about the whole company. It's almost the same. And I think it's so underutilized. It's basically a simple manager effectiveness question that reveals so much about the health of the team, which leaders are great leaders who can be mentors and you know for others, and which leaders maybe need a little extra assistance. And it's how often do you gather that data, Nancy? Yeah, we do it twice a year during our uh, engagement and employee experience surveys. I have to give full credit to Bruce Dudley, our head of learning and development and organizational effectiveness, as we were talking about our talent and people strategy and the key metrics that really matter for us to monitor on a, a periodic basis. He was the one who really pushed us to say it's not just ENPS, but MNPS and looking at both of those in concert because of what you just described, Kevin. So I'm so grateful that that Bruce kind of influenced us to take a broader view. 
Sounds like Bruce and I should have a beer or a coffee at some point because we would really geek out on this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I look forward to that someday, Bruce. (laughs) So, Nancy, you've covered a lot of stuff from MNPS to the learning cafes to how you sort of how the organization relaunched values. But is there any one of those initiatives or another initiative that you're most proud of or you just want to put a spotlight on for us today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I definitely underscore the company values work that we've been focused on over the last 18 months. And I'm really proud because it was led by our co-founders, not the people in culture or HR team. We certainly (laughs) were like key supporters of it, key shepherds, key facilitators. But it was really a broad organizational effort where everybody's voice could be incorporated into that. So I definitely highlight that and I'd attach it to maybe a particular result that I'm proud of this year which is our certification as a great place to work. And I think that's a testament to how our Omadans feel about Omada's culture and their employee experience overall. What's especially impressive about that achievement, congratulations, is that it comes from an outside organization getting that data from your internal employees. So, I mean, it's the ultimate thing where it's your own colleagues that are rating you and it's an outside organization certifying it, the confidentiality and everything else. So it's that is a, a, a high honor. Now, Nancy, this is, a, as you know, a short format podcast. We move pretty fast. So we only have a few minutes left, but I want to hit you with a couple, maybe a few more a few more questions. This is just a fun one. Let's say you could send out a book to every Omad and, and they were guaranteed to read it. And it, maybe it's not a book. It could be a movie, a podcast, something else. What would you send everyone? Yeah, one of my recent favorites is Irresistible by Josh Burson. Uh, Josh is a thought leader and and world-renowned HR industry analyst. And his book is based on his decades of organizational research and frames uh, the key things that the world's most enduring employee-focused organizations do differently. And Omad is a young company. We've only been around, you know, for over 12 years, but our ambition is to be a long-enduring company. And I think for all of us, and particularly our leaders, some of these concepts really align with some of our philosophy, things like coach, not boss, as we think about the role of the manager, or culture, not rules. You might get a kick out of that one, Kevin, given your book, <laughs> Great Leaders Have No Rules. So I had to I had to put a plug in for that one. <laughs> You'll get extra social media support on this interview just because you worked in a plug for my book. <laughs> But that's right. And I appreciate you because that's the people misconstrue that book because of the title. But that's really managers who lead by rules. That's lazy. Let's lazy leadership. You know, it's much harder, but more beneficial to have a co-created culture. You know, that's guardrails, which is what uh, that point is all about. So tell me, what is something that you know now that you maybe wish you knew on day one when you became chief people officer or just, you know, write a letter to your younger self? What advice might you give? Absolutely. So I became a chief people officer back in my days when I was at Genentech. And I think, you know, it's a reminder of a couple different things. One is having a clear vision and strategy for talent and people that's integrated into your company's business strategy that doesn't sit off the side of the desk and ideally co-create that with your team and, and with the leaders. Another one is prioritize and focus your efforts for impact. I think I, in my early days, got caught up in wanting to do it all and uh, achieve it all. And that's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) 
the good chief people officers are ones that, you know, make sure, you know, they're clear for impact of what their priorities and focus are and have the courage to say no, but proactively manage those expectations with their team and their leaders. So those are a couple of things I would say. Wow. Great advice. I often will say, you know, if you're a know-it-all, you make everyone else miserable. If you're an achieve-it-all, you make yourself miserable. (laughs) (laughs) You're just never satisfied. (laughs) So if you think about, I mean, all the great success that Omada has, has had, is having, and the challenges ahead in this crazy world we're all living in, you know, what's maybe a focus area for you and your team in the year ahead? So I mentioned one of the aspects of our culture is remote first. I'm not saying we are perfect at it. I think there's a lot of room for opportunity we have, but it's an asset for us because as a lot of other companies are calling people to return to office, we're doubling down on our remote first, but it's not remote only. So one of the things I'm excited about in the year ahead is us, you know, a couple years now of experience under our belt doing uh, reflections. And in fact, we just sent out a pulse survey to our Omadans uh, this week to seek their input and feedback on what's working well, what's not, and do you have suggestions on how we can improve being remote first? And we're taking an approach of really analyzing how we do work and collaborate asynchronously and how we do work and collaborate synchronously. And one of the things that we're also looking at for 2024 is how do we be more intentional about in-person gatherings? So I said we're remote first, we're not remote only. And even though those in-person gatherings are infrequent, represent maybe a small percent of the time that people come together, they can have an outsized impact on our ability to collaborate, to be effective, and really support our culture. So I'm excited about just being much more intentional and setting the wheels in motion to be even better at remote first and leveraging the ongoing strengths that we've seen the last couple of years as well. It's so great that you're doubling down and getting data and maybe we'll come back in six months and you'll share what you learned, you know, in a half year check-in. Because as you said, this topic isn't going away anytime soon and companies are landing in all areas, but certainly remote first, not remote only, but remote first, I think we'll continue to have an incredible recruiting advantage, you know, for talent. And if that's important to a company, then it's how do you make sure the culture strong, performance is strong in that environment. So last question, what's, you know, a lot going on. What's exciting you the most about Amada Health right now? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm excited about is we have some customer deals in the works, actually, that are going to significantly expand our reach. And that, for us, translates into more members that we can support on our mission to improve health. And I'm also excited about the continuous improvements that we're making in our platform and what that can mean for customers who are looking maybe for more effective ways or as opposed to point solutions to come to a platform solution to support the health of their employees. So, you know, hopefully uh, over the coming months, you'll see some of those exciting announcements and we can come back and talk more about that, too. That sounds great. Nancy, thanks for the great uh, work in the field of healthcare that your company is doing. Thanks for spending some very precious time with us today and sharing your words of wisdom. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, 
and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting-edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office-hour-style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org. Thank you.